Welcome to The Payment Space, the podcast from ePay Resources. This episode was recorded at ePay Connect 2023, where we got a visit from the payments beer nerds as they contemplated the death of checks and a flight of craft beer. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our final general session for today. My name is Yasmin Percaro. I am Senior Vice President of Member and Industry Relations here at ePay. And it is my pleasure to introduce this um, Payments Beer Nerds Happy Hour, The Death of Checks. <laughs> so what do payments nerds who like beer do in their off hours? Well, they talk about payments and beer, of course. <laughs> Uh, this lively crew will host a casual conversation about the death of checks, the impact to the payments industry, and how the latest trend in IPAs helps them cope with a world that is still that still has too many checks. Our panelists today are Steve Ledford, principal of Steve Ledford LLC, uh, Peter Taplin, managing director for PTAP Advisory LLC and uh, Reed Lutanen, who is the Executive Director for the U.S. Faster Payments Council. And this session will be moderated by Peter Davey, the Senior Vice President, Head of Product Innovation and Labs for the Clearinghouse. Please give them a warm welcome. I, I don't know if moderating is really what's about to happen. <laughs> it's, like, it's like wrangling cats, which you have some experience on, don't you, yeah, Steve? Yeah. So uh, thank you all for joining. Um, I am, I'm sad that we can't share with you, but uh, there's some telltale policies around that, so we're, we're going to have to not do that. That said, we're happy to tell you what the beers taste like. Um, so, <laughs> which is just as good, Which right? is just as good. So we're going to start out with a uh, local one. I think this one was from uh, Tampa, Florida, and it is uh, Angry Chairs Space Grass IPA. So I'll let you do the. Uh... Okay, space grass. You pour, you talk. Age, age so that's what I was going to say. I mean, so, you know, I think it's always a good place to start when we're talking about death of checks. Mm -hmm. And we're also talking about beers. The impact of checks in the alcohol industry. I, I love this story. So I, I, I don't know if this is true around the country, but I live in Illinois, in Chicago. And um, there's a rule, a law, that says that a distributor of alcohol may not leave a, um, an order, a distribution, without getting paid for it instantly. Um, and that instantly is not RTP instantly, it's cash or a check. Um, and so if you go to any bar around uh, the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, there's always a checkbook behind the bar so that the bartender when the beer delivery comes, they can write the check, the guy can leave the beer and go away. So how do we solve that problem without a check? If only there was an instant payment system. You know, I think somebody should develop one. They should. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think it, it, it's, it's not just Chicago. I mean, we're seeing it around the entirety of anything that has sort of state-controlled liquor laws and, mm -hmm. uh, and distribution. Uh, and it really is a big problem. And the fact that people actually have to keep cash on hand uh, or be able to keep a check on hand. And then, you know, especially for multi-distributed uh, places where you actually have it going to multiple stores, um, that becomes a real headache for bookkeeping and everything else. Yeah, and think about it. You're basically putting a check that could be written for any amount in the hands of whoever happens to be in the store yeah, at like, that time. Like and, a Walmart. So, yeah, and this, uh, I think uh, I one time everyone. looked into it, it's like, 
the vast majority of states have a very similar law. Yeah. You can't sell common. alcohol on credit. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that's sort of, and I'm not take us like way off the rails here, podcast, by the way, check it out. Um, <laughs> nice. But this is sort of emblematic of a lot of things where laws were written a long time ago and they don't keep up, right? They don't, yep. they don't get updated, they don't get changed. And so like, we're trying to like figure out how to live a 21st century life with uh, 1900s, early 1900s laws sometimes. Well, but I think the other thing too, and you know, you kind of said it, Peter, like you're, you're saying that check is an instant payment, right? Because it's, you're handing it to somebody, we know it's not. Um, but it also talks about the universality of checks, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. checks in general seem to be universally accepted. And that seems to be a pretty big bar barrier to, uh, to getting rid of them. Well, you know, um, well, first, I, this, is, this is something that I know you love. We need to stop calling it a checking account. Oh, absolutely. Um, you who, know, who in here wants to stop calling their accounts checking accounts, please? Nobody issues <laughs> checks anymore, right? All right. So everybody's going to go back to your bank or credit union, and you're going to get rid of the checking account. Free, you're going to have brain. a brainstorming question to rename the, the primary account type. But, um, no, you know, when, when we say that we joke, oh, my gosh, you know, checks are not instant. Checks are not instant, but through all the rules and laws that have grown up over time, UCC4, you know, instrument of um, uh, value exchange, the check is recognized as that instrument of value exchange. Those of us in this room know that there's all kinds of rights of rescission, raise my hand, wasn't me, that could cause problems in that stream, so it's not cleared and settled, but as far as the, as far as the legal considerations of the obligation, the obligation has been met. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we have to do is we have to get to a point where we can take, we, we have the opposite problem with RTP. We, the problem we have with RTP is that the money has cleared and settled instantly, but the legal situation about the meeting the obligation relative to a contract and relative to rules has not yet caught up. Yeah. By the way, this is a fixable problem. How many folks remember uh, expedited funds availability, uh, Reg CC, when that first came in. There were a lot of state laws that referred to certified checks. Certified checks hadn't actually existed for a long time before that. But what they did was in the law uh, and in UCC and various things like that, they said, okay, that's an official check. Okay, get over it or something like that. That's not the exactly the wording. There was something very similar that went on over the last few years in the mortgage industry, where there were a lot of things that referred very specifically to a Fed wire, wire transfer, or a uh, an official check. And they're basically they've, they're, they're they're now I think in all except for a couple of the states they've now changed those so it's any type of a certain payment. And so these things can be dealt with. Somebody just has to do it. But I think the other thing is you need to have the tools so you can actually do something about it. You need to give someone, whether they're in the store or the owner of the, 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 the bar, has the ability to immediately make that payment when the, um, when the guy's sitting there with a the crate. Good. So I do think, just uh, kind of getting back to the beer for a second, you know, it's a nice hazy IPA. It's great. Um, very grassy though. I like the I like the grassiness of this one. It's kind of in the name. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's very aptly named. If they knew you will. what they were doing. They did. Um, what would you guys rate this beer? Well, I'm about to. As a okay. matter of fact, I'm going to check it in here on Untapped. I, 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 I'm know, going three seven five. Ooh, see, you're always a little bit harsher than I am. I think. I was, I'm a ticket. Don't harsh my buzz, dude. 4.25. Whoa, yeah. a full half point. Well, it's, right. it's a Florida 4.25. Okay, 
So it's a little thin no, on the finish for hazy. You think? All right, so I'm, I was going to try to do a, a thing with the crowd, but we'll do a picture here. Steve, need your. There we <laughs> go. Root. And now I'm going to take a picture of the crowd. We're going to post that on LinkedIn as well. Oh, or we get LinkedIn, people waving in the back. Yes. Anyone's allowed to wave. Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I think in general I probably would agree. I'm probably in that 3.8 range on this. Um, it won't let you do that. I'm, I'm a 3.5. Well, it will for people who are supporters of Untapped. But oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's why you see all my weird ratings like four point like six one. two one four. <laughs> Standard deviation, right? Um, so yeah, so we talked a little bit about you know the the whole alcohol industry, a little bit about the uh, the mortgage industry. I mean that's obviously a place where checks huge use in the, and mm -hmm. back to back to state law and stuff. The fact that some of this stuff actually has to be distributed in that in that particular manner. Um, I know Steve, you had uh, you had had some conversations with a couple of folks in the real estate industry around how they could get themselves out of the checks, right? Well, yeah, actually. Um while I was still at the clearinghouse, uh, the folks in the land title industry. This is a. These are the folks who actually handle most of the uh, most of the uh, the closings, and they were talking about how these laws had changed. Uh, they were very excited about the idea of uh, an irrevocable instant payment, and so uh, they they actually set up a working group to look at it. Recommended this. The the one issue though, and this gets back to you got to give folks the tools. It's going to be integrated into the systems folks use in the mortgage industry. Anybody in the mortgage industry out here? Okay, good. I can say whatever I want. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in the mortgage industry, there are like three or four uh, companies that do handle almost all of the closing software. You got to get them to implement it. You got to make sure that the banks these folks work with are giving them the ability to implement, uh, you know, send payments, you know, out of these systems and that type of thing. And I think that gets to a, a really important point is. It's one thing to have the capabilities. You got to have the products that enable it. And it, you know, it's, it's not just like you flip a switch. You got to make sure all of your treasury management and those kind of things. And you got to make them easy to use. I, I liked the session earlier today on cooking with uh, payments. Uh, and one of the points they made was you got to take the friction out of it for folks. And we still aren't quite there on a lot of ways for the electronic. If I owe Peter some money, which I don't, but if I did, I could give him a check and it's over. If I don't, I got to find out how to pay him. And, you know, we got to make that as easy as possible. All right, so let's talk about the last time any of us wrote a check. So I, I, I'll jump in. Um, water heater breaks. Guy comes to fix the water heater, wants to get paid. I'm holding my credit card. And he says, well, the office doesn't like us to take credit cards for over a certain amount. Why is that? Two and a half, three and a half percent, whatever it is, but we'll take a check. Um, and so again, they, why would they take a check? It gets back to this um, you know, irrevocable instrument concept that they believe, we have taught people over the course of 100 years that if you take the check, it's as good as cash. Um, uh, and so if, if we could figure out a way you know, that I could say, hey, you know, I'll go into my bank and I'll push a payment to your bank or you go into your bank, hit, do a request for payment, I'll say yes, do it all while I'm standing there. That's all possible, but that stuff doesn't exist yet. Um, and so it's really on all of you in the room to kind of begin to make that exist so that that plumber, uh, the, the plumbing 
what do you call it? It's not a store, an agency, firm, service, firm, company, service, service. Yeah. we'll go yeah. with service, uh, that the plumbing service believes that they've been paid um, so that the guy can walk out the door. Yeah, and of course you felt confident here. You think, oh, there's a risk. You're taking a personal check from Peter Tapling, of all people. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, and what he didn't know is I'm thinking to myself, I'm giving this plumber my account, routing number and account number. He's going to watch the check. It's going to be made out for $50,000. It'll bounce, but... <laughs> Uh, of course, he's, he can put a lien on your water heater if your check bounces. There you go. So, Steve, Steve, small, Steve, Steve when was the last time you wrote a check? Steve's suffering from um, sensory overload. Uh, yes. no. uh, not that long ago, actually. Wanted to open up a new brokerage retirement type of an account. This is not with some little, small, little firm. This is with one of the big, like, um, you know, brokerage kind of firms. And wanted to open up the new account, and they said, okay, you need to send a check to here. Said, can I do something other than send a check? <laughs> well, once you've opened the account and you put money in it, then you can link it to your bank account. Okay, I want to put money in it. How can I do that? Send a check. And that was the last check I wrote. And I figure that what went on is somewhere inside this very big brokerage company, somebody has a project written up to enable them to take electronic payments for that initial payment. It's somewhere sitting on someone's desk. They've submitted it to the capital expenditure committee. <laughs> and they say, this is really a good thing. There's clearly a payback. Uh, we've got 427 items on our to-do list. We'll put this in, in all the way up at 117, OK? Uh, we will have this by 2030. And so, <laughs> but I mean, I think that's what, it's not just the, the, the bank or the credit union side. It's also the, uh, the really the, the company's side, the ones that are dealing with it. They have to be able to do something with it. And um, actually, I've, uh, some, working with some students, and they're doing a project. And they were talking to folks about why is it not you don't have as many folks who've automated their accounts receivable. And one did. They had resisted for a long time just because of that, you know, the interchange thing. Mm -hmm. And they finally you know, bit the bullet and they said, okay, we have enough people doing this, we're going to allow credit card payments. After that, they, can, they were just like astonished. What, I don't have to keep chasing this down, I don't have to worry about bounce and all of these kinds of things. And so it helped them internally, but they had to be convinced of that before they would do it. You know, back on that investment thing, anyone who's had to roll over a 401k, uh, you got the company 401k, you want to roll it into an investment mm -hmm. advisor, um, that has to be a check. And I don't know, there must be some regulation or rule or law, but that's another indication of some of that um, business infrastructure that has to change in advance of the payment becoming something that's not physical piece of paper. That that's something I was about to point out, because I think a lot of times when we talk about things that aren't moving as fast, we think about you know big companies are kind of leading the way and building all this cool technology, and that's often the case. But I think here, like smaller businesses, like I'm surprised your plumber didn't take a Venmo. Like I feel like so like every you know, the guy who cuts my yard, he takes Venmo now. Like all these different services, like the small guys have figured out how to take payments, maybe questionable in terms of the terms of service of the products they're using, but they figured out a way to do it. Right. But the big businesses that have all these different machinations mm -hmm. haven't quite figured it out. That being said, my last time I wrote a check, I had to go back a while, about 18 months ago. Okay. I bought some firewood from a guy, wow. and he delivered it to my house. How many cords? Uh, half a cord. Half a cord, all right. Yeah. Are, th are those illegal in your state? <laughs> <laughs> 
carry on. Next topic. So this this beer, obviously very different than our first beer, right? <laughs> so this one, Sensory Overload, it's 100% Citra, which by the way is the name of my youngest dog. Um, Sensory Overload? The other ones is Mosaic. <laughs> so Mosaic and Citra are the two dogs. So if there's a question whether I like beer, there you go. There you go. Um, Those are both hoppy. But, but are the dogs hoppy? They are very hoppy. <laughs> my, my dog just got kicked out of daycare today, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this one very, I think, represents Citra very well. It's It's got very, very robust, bright, bright mm -hmm. tropical, orangey flavor to it. So um, a lot I of think fruit. it does a pretty good job. In it's the, a winner. In that yeah. yeah, I really like this one. Yeah, last time the I winter, wrote a winner check. Winner for Steve is all the way up at 3.6. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so um, last time I wrote five. a check, it's over five years ago. Now, that said. Now, it, you are religiously not writing checks. Oh, so <laughs> I can remember a electronic check council meeting where I met Phyllis Meyerson for the first time. And I come in. I'm the new guy from Capital One. I'm at this meeting. It was actually in St. Petersburg, which is a great place for, for the meeting. And I come in and they're like, oh, introduce yourself. I said, hey, you have Peter Davey, Capital One. I lead, pay product, I lead a payment strategy over there. Um, and you know, why are you joining the ECC? So that we can kill checks. I made really good friends with Phyllis Myers at go. that point. Yeah. So, um, can I ask a question? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna ask a question of the audience. Now pay attention to the way I word this question because it's a negative. Raise your hand in the audience if you have no way to write a check out of any of your financial institution accounts? One, two, three. Okay, how many, I'm gonna pick on somebody right here. How many financial institution accounts are we talking about? One, three, five, 50? Four. Four, okay. And did you have checks for them and you just let them expire or threw them away or you never had checks? Got it. So since the earliest of the accounts had checks until they ran out, never refilled them. Okay. Well, we're going to give you all a homework assignment. You should channel your inner Peter Davy, not about the beer, but about the being religious about not writing checks. Burn the checks. All right. Now I do have to say, I'm going to caveat this. It hasn't been that I haven't had other people write checks for me. So. Oh, cheater. Well. Honestly, I mean, so I, I am 100% religious about not writing my own checks. I try to not give a check wherever I can. In fact, doing a kitchen remodel, and I tried to find any other way to send them money other than check. I was like, can I give you a wire transfer? Nope, we only accept checks. I'm like, really? So anyways, I'll get an official check from my bank and give it to them. I won't or actually Or you'll go into a bill pay service or I'll thinking you're bill pay electronic and they're going to write the check. So let's talk a little bit about some of the stats. Because I mean, you know, when you actually look out there, we've done a pretty good job of getting rid of checks. Um, and I think we see this every day. I mean, the fact that we talked about not having checking accounts anymore. Most people don't actually issue checks with consumer deposit accounts anymore. Um, but there's still a lot of items out there. So one of the one of the stats I think that I thought was interesting is out of uh, in 2022, only 45% of Americans actually had written a check. So that means there's a really good portion, 55%, that haven't written a check in the past year. And I think that's a that's a positive thing. It means that we are re reducing some of that friction in there. Um, Another one that I thought was interesting too is just around uh, in the Diary of Consumer Payments for uh, 2021, number of checks payments went from 2.3 per month written by people in 2020 to 1.5 in 2021. 
obviously a little bit of the pandemic in there as well, but uh, I thought that was also a pretty interesting thing. Yeah, well, that definitely drove a lot of acceleration of those trends, right? So people couldn't hand somebody a check because everybody was social distancing and you know. The checks have germs on bubbles and you know, COVID lives on the checks, guys. Burn the checks. <laughs> After taking a picture of it. After well, yeah, 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 promote positive. Yeah, so, I, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, so, so I was gonna say, you know, one of the challenges that we need to figure out is this first time, only time kind of payment, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the um, if I'm going to have a relationship with somebody, then it's easy today um, with the various ways that we can pay electronically to set it up. Um, but if I have that first time, only time, as an example, let's say that ePay gets the fancy plastic cups and it's the first time they're using the vendor and they don't know if they like them or not, so they're not gonna set up an account. Well, what's the easiest way to pay this vendor, right? Um, and so that first time, only time um, experience, we need to figure out a way to, um, to make that kind of payment easy and make it feel safe. Like one of the challenges today is, oh, okay, go ahead, we have, a, we have the uh, NACHA required authorization form, so go ahead and fill it out, give me your name, address, city, state, zip, uh, tax ID number, routing number, and account number, put it on this piece of paper, uh, and then hand it to someone or send it to me. And it just kind of feels heavy from the point of view. So, you know, some kind of, um, uh, some kind of you know, we love PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, alias-based directory, um, laying some kind of directory over the top of all of these. Um, all payment mechanisms would be beautiful, but faster payments, that's what I would hope for. Um, and, you know, not to give a plug to anybody, but, you know, if you're not a member of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, we have a directory models work group. We do. And, and you can talk about those kinds of things there. And Peter's the chair. You have to deal with him if you join. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, and I don't want to totally change the subject here because I'm still going to talk about checks, but we're talking about the death of an industry at the same time mm -hmm. because while you guys, I don't know, a few people have accounts that don't issue checks, one of the things a lot of people maybe don't have accounts or they want to cash their check, and they pay a check casher for that, and it's, a, it's an $18 billion industry that we're trying to kill, Peter. It's, a, it's pretty staggering when you think about it, right? And you know, the, I think the, the challenge you also have, though, too, is that the people who understand checks are also not around anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we've lost it. We've lost a lot I, of I folks who are. Checks. Well, we've oh, lost a lot of pioneers in that here? industry. <laughs> but Steve, you've retired, so it's uh, okay. Ish. <laughs> sort of ish. Yeah. Now you're teaching people about checks. Um, but I mean, like we are in an industry that I think is shrinking a number of people who actually have that as their domain expertise. And yeah, we still have things like the NCP and other things that are out there. ePay trains on checks. I mean, there's all sorts of things that happen, but. That, that crowd is becoming a much smaller crowd. And I think a lot of people are outsourcing those to other groups to be able to do it. So yeah, there's people making money on it, but... Well, making money on the most vulnerable folks. That's right? exactly right. That's exactly well, right. The one thing about it is we're talking about the death of checks, but I don't think you can actually kill checks. I mean, it's like uh, that Jason guy, you know, with uh, it's like, um, like an existential the, the movies, thing, but, like they're huh? immortal or no, no. I mean, the, the fact is you go out and tell people, I don't want you to do this. They what tried did... to do this in the UK. Say we're going to stop doing checks. You can't really do that. And that's actually not the way you want to do any of this. Uh, I've always thought that the only way a new payment system succeeds is if it's doing something better than what exists now. Um, I, I think our goal shouldn't be to go out and kill checks. I think our goal should be to have checks die of neglect. 
uh, because people just moved on to something else. But it has to be compelling. And the one thing about it, checks, you can do a whole lot of things with. We have to replace that. And I don't think it's going to be one solution that replaces them across the board. I mean, it'll be you know, one-time payments, vendor payments, uh, subscriptions. Each of these calls for something new. We have electronic tools to do it, but it's devising that upfront experience that works and gets it done uh, the, the way it needs to be. And so I, I think that that's really where, the, uh, that's really where the, the hard part is, is figuring out how to make something that actually works better and will get folks to move something up on their priority list actually. And we have, we have a little bit of experience in that, kind of in the, in the point of sale realm, yeah. where it used to be, we've all been stuck behind the old lady writing a check at the grocery store, right? And then it turned into, I'm gonna write a check, and the merchant said, well, we don't take checks, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so we have seen certain microcosms where check, has check usage has died off because it was, there were other better ways to do yeah. it. It was no longer a preferred way to do it. Exactly, and it's not just a matter of technology. I, I still think that two of the most influential people in the world of payments were Bob Dole and Rita Moreno. Anybody want to venture why? Bob Dole was in the first of the, of the commercials promoting use of debit cards, Visa. You know, you, you, know, you might know my name, but I still can't cash a check, that type of thing. And Rita Moreno was in commercials for direct deposit. The fact is, people need to know this and know why it's something better. They need to so, know that Bob Dole was in a commercial. They need, they need to know about Bob Dole. Who's yeah. Bob Dole? Well, Sorry. Bob Dole says. Is it the, yeah. pine, like the pineapples? Yes, exactly. Okay. So is the Faster Payments Council gonna start doing uh, ads on Super Bowl? Yeah, we totally got the budget for that. <laughs> You'd have to not take a salary for a while. Yeah, I was like, I was hoping you guys were going to pay for my room this trip. <laughs> so, so, so let's focus on numbers. You were talking about numbers yep. before, number of checks, stuff like Absolutely. that. Let's talk about a number that could create a compelling event that helps us kill the check, which is 200,000 fraudulent check items in 2021, 500,000 fraudulent check items in 2022. Right. I got the perfect commercial. Use a check. It's the most fraudulent payment mechanism available. So I think that's interesting. And ePay actually has a service that uh, they'll allow any of their financial institutions to send in any check fraud that they've seen on the official check side. And like last year, they had 75 report outs. Of that. And this is not all check fraud, but it's all banks that ePay deals with. This year, they've had 25 already in 2023. And that was when I asked Lisa to pull the numbers, like, a week, in ago, a week ago, they've already had four more since then. So they're already on track to beat that in terms of what they're doing. And I think fraud is such an important point. Um, another big fraud thing is uh, 2021 AF or 2022 AFP survey said two thirds of organizations were paid were prey to check fraud on the business side. Yeah. And we're talking about checks that average 2,000 some odd dollars, almost $3,000, right? So these, these, are, these are big issues for us. Um, yeah, what was that uh, article that we were talking about? Uh, you, oh. you had mentioned a FinCEN uh, report that came out. Um, the and then there was, yeah, there, there were the walkers, right? So, check. Let's explain to the audience because yeah, we yeah, had I, this I'm conversation, but they weren't there. I get it. <laughs> check fraud is such a big industry in terms of people stealing this information and passing it off. You don't necessarily need to do anything with the check other than steal it. So, you know, people are knocking off mailboxes, people are knocking off like actual big postal mailboxes to actually bring things out of there because people are putting the things blue, they want the to get box. there. 
Um, I would, I'd imagine it around tax, tax time when people send in their taxes with a check so they can avoid the float on that. Like, I bet you that we're gonna see more people start to steal that. But the other side of this is that they then social engineer who owns the account. So they might go out and let's say they, they steal Tim Quisenberry's check. They're gonna go and say, all right, I need somebody who is about 6'3", he's got some longish, blondish hair, he's got a goatee, and I want this person to go in and look somewhat like you. And what they'll do is they'll take Lucky whatever devil. check he had that he's gonna go and cash, and they'll give him a percentage of the check. Yeah. That's a lot of work that they're going through to be able to actually do this. So they hire these things they call walkers, and you go out onto like Telegram or some of the other um, like WhatsApp and other messaging apps, and there's people out there posting, hey, I'm looking for a walker. I need them to be this, this type of person. Uh, and people show up and do that job for them. It's the creator economy. A lot of people aren't making any money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Gig economy. How do those people, the walkers, how do they get paid? They get a check? No, so, yeah. <laughs> the check's in the mail for the walker. <laughs> I do like that one. So you were talking a little bit about some of your previous uh, uh, employer and some of the things that they were doing, uh, yeah. the number of checks they were still getting. Oh, yeah. So Peter said a lot of folks are not checking checks. Well, I worked for a prominent retailer <laughs> for a number of years. Uh, and the year I left three years ago, we took about 100 million checks at the point of sale, which is sort of mind-boggling to think about. Um, and it, uh, it's by far the most expensive tender type. Uh, when you can't, not, not just the check itself, right? The check is free, but the things you pay for for the fraud detection from a company like Telecheck, the time it takes somebody in lane is priced by a merchant. So they think about like, oh, well, this old granny standing here for two minutes. Yep. This transaction should have been over a minute and 55 seconds ago. Um, things like that are, you know, top of mind and, and part of the reason why I think over time you'll see more and more retailers go in the route of saying, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, I think at the same time, there is that balancing act of always wanting to make sure you're meeting your customer where they want to be. Um, and while we all in this room apparently don't write checks, uh, 100 million people <laughs> did it at Walmart that year. There, well, let's be clear. Well, there were only true. five people who that's... raised their hand and said they don't write checks. Oh, okay. So most okay. of them do. Okay. Well and they are not welcome on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I do have to ask you then, what would you, what would you rate this beer? <laughs> I'm giving this one right here a 375. 375? Yeah. How about you? See, I went too high on the first one. Well, no, you, As you, you, said. Were, you were fine. I mean, like, no, but see, now I want to go 4.25 on this one, but I like this one better than the other one. So go 4.5. You know, uh, that's how numbers work. <laughs> They keep going. Well, you can go and edit your. You can go and edit your post. I was told there would not be a math test. Okay. <laughs> anyway, for those of you uh, playing the game at home, this is Sensory Overload, a hazy citra IPA from Ology Brewing Company in Tallahassee. Tallahassee. And there's some left, so. Oh, that's good. That's like awesome. All right, there we go. I knew it was a light pour. Yeah, it was. And Peter Peter tends to jip us on the yeah. the beer share. Knows how he give himself some more too. I told you somebody would spill. <laughs> That's a true statement. So I think, um, you know, as we kind of look at how you get rid of checks, I think, you know, we've hit on a couple of those things, right? It's, it's, a, it's a systemic problem. We actually have to fix the distribution. We have to fix availability of uh, tools for our customers. Uh, in fact, you know, many financial institutions, even ones that are on, you know, real-time payments today or, you know, but now at some point, the 
they don't make the tools available to the customer to actually affect the transaction. I mean, it, so how many of you actually offer consumer wires online? One, two, ten, three, five, five or six. About five maybe. or six, yeah, maybe seven. seven. Back there. Um, how many of you were from the same institution that raised your hand? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll subtract a few there. Um, how many of you offer the ability outside of uh, Zelle or another P2P application to send money uh, digitally to another customer, to, to your consumer's population? A little bit more, more. right? And then how many uh, offer uh, Zelle or another P2P application? All right, so good good portion of folks are yeah. now making that available to their consumers. Well, hold on a second, let me ask one Go more. Ahead. How many people in here use something like Zelle in their personal life? Yeah. Um, and I think you talked a little bit about the Venmo side of things, like people are using Venmo, pay me by Venmo, um, went to a farmer's market uh, recently and everybody there has like QR codes set up to be able to get paid, which I think is, is great. But there are other folks, like the person who was mowing my lawn previously, um, where they wanted a check or something else, or they wanted to charge me a fee to be able to take you know, a PayPal transaction or something like that. And you fired them. I, I did fire them, actually. Because of the checks. <laughs> 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 it, 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 you know what? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem I have. It's a thing. You know? it's a thing. <laughs> Never work for me if you take only checks. It's, it's a bad thing. Um, but like the distribution side of like how do we actually get the tools out there? And you know, we, we're now seeing this as less of a consumer problem, more of a business problem. This gets back to the you know figuring out ways to make it easy, make it the least frictionful payment process, right? Um, at, at the end of the day, you know you pay your lawn guy by Venmo. Why? Because he can claim that it's a personal transaction. We're friends. Not, not have a fee. Mm -hmm. uh, the federal government doesn't see it as income. That's why they're asking PayPal and Venmo to report all the transactions over $600, right? So um, don't we want those transactions occurring in a bank account? Like all of those Venmo, PayPal, Square Cash transactions, they're, they're out of the bank universe, they're in some other universe, and but why are people using them? Because it's the easiest way to do it. Now, no. those of us on stage, I'm pretty sure many of you in the audience have about six P2P payment capabilities on your phone. That's not convenient either, no. right? And so while I don't expect that um, we will have the one electronic payment mechanism to rule them all, you know, creating ways to make it easier. I mean, it, you know, the original Bank America card was Customers that banked at Bank of America, consumers that banked at Bank of America, at providers that banked at Bank of America. That's the only way it worked. But because they controlled the ecosystem, they were able to create this really frictionless experience. By the way, something you just mentioned about like the Venmo Wait, thing. Wait, did I say something smart? You did. Yes, Look, but incomplete, so he's going to have to but finish it. Yeah. Ah, no. um, the whole thing about Venmo and then it doesn't really look like income, this is actually something we need to deal with. I know folks who will only do things like you want them to work at your place, whatever. For cash, a check, if you give them a check and they'll take a check, they take it to the check casher. And one of the main reasons is that for a variety of reasons, and it's usually not about tax, by the way, it's usually more something like means-tested benefits. 
they don't want their ex to find out that they have some money. Uh, it could be, there's a whole lot of different things like that. Sometimes it's just, I don't trust those banks. And, but there are folks who, they really don't want you to have money that's electronic and can be traced. Are you speaking from experience here? <laughs> <laughs> As the payer, yes. Okay, checking. <laughs> I, I would just say, like, on your point about uh, the fintech wallets and things like that, like, people use them, yeah, and we all in the room use them, great. But the fact is, I think, generally speaking, people would prefer to do things like that in their bank app. Like, there's a survey, more than half of the people in a survey said they strongly trust their bank or credit union to handle transactions like that, and it right. was about 30% said they trust fintechs. So there's a lot more trust for financial institutions, but people are doing it because they can't, they can't do it in their app, in the bank right. app. Yeah. But that survey was done before last Thursday. That's true. Never mind. That's Carry true. on. That's the first to ever bank failure. <laughs> So we, we had talked about uh, three A's uh, of the barriers, addressability being one, right? Like how can I actually find and send you something without mm -hmm. giving you my account number or routing number? Accessibility, meaning the tool has to actually be there. And then allowability, like how do I, like am I actually allowed to do these things at the mm -hmm. end of the day, permissioned or whatever? Um, I think those are, are huge things that we have to solve for in terms of how do we actually then get rid of checks. Mm -hmm. Um, Who solves for those? That's a good question. Do you want a fintech to solve yeah. for it? Do you want the bank to solve for it? Well, I, I would say that there's already applications out there solving for it. I mean, Intuit's doing a great job with the small business crew trying to create abilities to connect and link things. Um, you know, there's another, there's new tools out there, like you've got Acoya that's helping to do some account linking now, which should hopefully smooth out a little bit of that exchange of information between two parties. Um, but you know, back to the directory work group stuff, Peter, you, you have some experience in talking to people about how, how difficult this problem is. <laughs> Everybody has a directory and theirs is the best. Yes. Um, you know, but you know, when we talk about being able to, to, to reach out and, and go across ecosystems, you know, um, I don't know if anyone in the room is, er is old enough to have had a mobile phone when with your mobile phone you could only call other people who are in the same mobile phone provider, right? Um, then they created roaming so you could reach other providers, but it cost 40 cents a minute or some insane amount of money. Eventually, the mobile carriers figured out that if we could remove all the friction, people will use it a lot more. They'll send more text messages, they'll make more phone calls, and we can compete on other things, like who has the best commercial. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I would love to see the payments space get to that kind of um, ease of use. You know, Let you own your customer, let you own the experience, but create some mechanism that if I'm on Zelle and Tim's on PayPal, that I can go PayPal.Tim's phone number and the money will get there. I don't have to, I don't have to know how it happens in the background. Because right now, all the weight is on us, the consumer. How many people have ever, I, raise your hand. No, seriously, no. everyone raise your oh, hand. Because okay. yeah, I want to make sure they're not broken. Including our okay, the arms are not broken, thank you. All right, how many people have ever asked the question, how can I pay you? Exactly. Wouldn't you love to never ask that question again? That's where we need to get to. I would love to get everything for free. And then I don't have to pay people. Yeah, you don't have to pay people. Well, you know, you're not there yet. Mm. So that's, another, that's another session. I said, yeah. Did they tell you that that was part of the job description in the executive director of the Faster mm. Payments Council thing? Because they lied. 
<laughs> By the way, this wall garden thing or whatever we're going to call it uh, is a real big deal in business-to-business -business payments. There are a lot of folks who have done a great job of automating their business payments, and it works really well end-to-end -end as long as the counterparty is on the same system that they are. And so they can do it partially. And uh, the funny thing is, they say, well, in our industry, this is the one that's widely used. Well, it is, however, you actually pay people or are paid by people who are not in your industry. And so there's, this is where there's a, a lot of need either to do that or I think that's probably unrealistic to think that everybody's going to just go to the same thing. You need to make sure your systems and your capabilities are tolerant of things that aren't exactly like you want, but you can still automate and electronify the heck out of them. I'm getting thirsty. Are you I know. Thirsty? Like I was like, why does Peter sit next to the cooler, and then we don't get any beer? Because it allows me to pace you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Groot. You are Groot. Yes. Uh -oh. All right. Okay. So, one for you. Oh, nice. Uh, Look at that. Orange bird. Little orange bird. Peter, you get figment. Oh, there you go. And then, oh, here we go. This is exactly what I wanted. Steve gets hey hey. hey, hey. <laughs> nice. I love it. Thank you. That's great. And we all have mascots, which so, is awesome. Okay. So if you want to know where to find a good deer, look for somebody with one of these things on their shoulder at the park tonight. <laughs> how, we'll be able we, to recommend. Them? So it's a magnet. So you put this, like this part comes off, oh. and that goes inside. Yeah. Look at that. I'm teaching everybody how to do Disney now. There you go. There I go. like it. That's great. I actually spent yesterday at. Epcot in, yep. in service to this session. It had nothing, I, I was not there for fun. Oh, no, of course not. But I was doing research. We went, we to, Univer we we went to Universal and also did research. I was doing research that was applicable oh, to I have a question. Mm -hmm. Did anyone, did you see anyone write a check at Epcot? It's, that was, that's where I was going. So I, so I was doing two pieces of research at the same time. I was buying beers yep. to, to see where the good beer is at the, at the park, but I was also asking them if they would take a check. Nice. They won't. No, they none of the, at least none of the places I went. Yeah. Sadly. So if I'm you want to. I'm pretty sure Disney doesn't want any checks. If you want a beer at Epcot, don't bring your checkbook. All right. So what we've got here, Peter, you want to describe the beer a little bit? Yeah. This is a. Oh, wow. uh, That's a heavy this is a bourbon, <laughs> a bourbon barrel aged stout called El Zacatone, finished with jalapeno pepper. So you get kind of the rich creaminess of the stout, and right at the end, at the back of your tongue, you get a little bit of heat. We're gonna watch Steve when he takes the first this, sip. <laughs> this thing, it smells like chocolate. It really does, yeah. It looks like chocolate. Nice. It's thick, too. Yeah, it's like chocolate milk. This is worth giving up. You get the little after kick? With the heat, yeah, Ooh, it comes in. It, it's like a Mexican hot chocolate. It is, It is 100% yeah. like a Mexican yeah. hot chocolate. Yeah. I think, that's so far my favorite beer. Like that's oh, really good. Yeah. That's really nice. But it's thirteen and a half percent alcohol, yep. so yep. that's why we saved it for last. I mean, you know, we're we're already mumbling idiots. So we didn't want to be more mumbly idiots at the same time. Um, so we now know that we have a long road to try to get rid of checks. Although it does seem to be happening naturally, which I think is good. Um, you know, I know one of the things that we've seen in the real-time payment space is a lot of people trying to figure out how they can use the assured delivery and response of like an RTP or an instant payment system uh, to allow for that to be the confirmation that somebody actually received something. I mean, mm -hmm. you could take a whole lot of, of pain out of the industry just by leveraging those tools. 
But the, the reality is we have to start embedding them, I think, into people's applications. And you know, I think that's the role we talked about on the panel this morning. That's a role for the financial institution to start thinking about how do I open up my borders, how do I open up my doors to allow for these things to happen naturally. And then checks, just to your point, they go into obsolescence because you've ignored them for long enough. You have a better way to do it. You have a better way you know, to do it. We've all seen the transaction happen where they get the check from you and then they write on the invoice where they're going to keep a piece of the multi-part paper form. They write check number whatever to illustrate. So, so that is a very um, uh, uh, kind of 1920s way of doing remittance information. <laughs> Yeah. And we're still doing it. By the way, See? remittance information is a good example of one of the things we have to be able to do better with electronics than is currently done with checks. How many of you folks have lockboxes? Okay. What kind of stuff do your folks do in your lockboxes for, say, your wholesale payments? They do a lot of real special things for the clients. Okay, if you're saying no, then you just haven't been in your lockbox in a while. <laughs> and that's one of the things because people built their systems around that. We need to make it where, you know, uh, the receivers can actually get payments the way they want to, regardless of where they come from. And I think this is where I see some, some, really, some really good things happening. A lot of the stuff that's being done, say, in B2B payments or uh, business payments in general. Um, the whole idea of being able to reach out and say, how would you like to be paid? And then that actually goes through the whole setup. And it makes it where instead of saying, I want to pay you, let's go back and forth, they make it a very easy process to register to be paid by someone. Um, recently uh, billed a few folks and uh, that was what uh, some of them came back with. And the great thing was once I did that, um, it was electronic from the get-go. The checks never entered into it. And I think those are the kind of things making it very easy up front. See, and that was a much more Chick-fil-A way of asking. How, how would you like to be paid instead of how can I pay you? Like you were, Sorry. You know, my pleasure. Like, it's my, it's my, it's my pleasure. It'd be my pleasure Do we to want to let you. them ask a question? Absolutely. I was actually just going to turn it over to the audience oh. to see uh, what questions you guys might have had around checks that you How many people love is. checks? If we don't get any questions, all this right, is, good. No one raising their hand. This is the part of a session where, if we don't get questions, we just start saying things like APIs and open banking, <laughs> cloud-based, like, Kubernetes, right? Kubernetes. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Any questions Jansky's. out there? All right, we got one. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm supposed to ask a question. Uh, I'm going to ask the same question Peter asked. How many people have written a check in the last year? <clears throat> we still got 70% of the audience. All right, so keep your, hand, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Whoever, all right, keep your hands up. How many people didn't want to write that check? <laughs> all right. Irfan, Irfan felt a little peer pressure. I have a put his hand down, then put it up again. Yeah. I, like, I did want, I really wanted to write that check. <laughs> I have a question for, for you, though. That's uh, uh, how do you pay for your firewood? How many people wrote a check because they were going to kite it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We have an honest man in the audience. <laughs> that's even harder. <laughs> 
I have to visit an ATM. Oh, I don't know okay, my pin. Let's 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 do a little let's do a little scenario here. What's a quart of wood cost? Uh, delivered and stacked. Delivered and stacked. How about $160? Okay, $160. How many people have $160 in their pocket right now that you could use to pay for the firewood? Ten. Well, okay, so no firewood, no cash. Elizabeth, what's your next option? And now you know who to target in the park for a free beer. <laughs> By the way, Reed, I got a guy who can do it for half of that. All right. <laughs> Discounts, yes. Any other questions from the audience? We got one over here. Okay, so two things. I was, funny you guys are doing this. I was talking to my husband the other day and he said, where's my check card? I'm like, honey, it's not a check, check card. card. It's, it's a, a debit. debit card. Okay, that's one. Secondly, why on earth would we want to kill checks? Why on earth? Well, I think that's we, a really good question. Maybe we put them on the moon. See, the well, session's, no, actually, called, the, the no, session's I, called the death we don't of want them to, We just decided we don't want to kill them. We want them to die an unfinished well, no. death. I, actually, yeah. a slow death, slow, I, painful I, death. There's something yeah, really important, yeah, something really important to what you said. And any time you go out and you try to do something, launch a new you know, payment system, uh, product, or whatever, and your objective is to kill something else, get rid of something else, you're going to fail because you're not thinking about the right thing. You need to think, how can I make things better? And I, I do think we will see checks die of neglect, but it's only because we're doing stuff that we're is doing better. Something better. I, I think you're, you're, you're on to something. Yeah, but were those people drinking craft beer? Mm -hmm. yeah, no, but in those presentations, did they give you beer reviews? <laughs> <laughs> Value add. Yeah. Do we have so one more I, over there? Wait, before we do that, I want to tie two comments together. So uh, giving credit to Elizabeth so for asking the question, why don't you just pay cash? It's too drinkable. I'm going to put words in your mouth here, but why? Yeah. Because it's ubiquitous. Everyone will take cash. Yeah. Everyone will, not, not everyone will take a check. But the bottom line is, until we come down with an experience that's a universal experience that's equally understood and equally accepted, it's going to be hard to replace that thing that for 150 years, um, going back to the original clearinghouse, which is older than the Fed, they love when we point that out, um, <laughs> but going all the way back to those original checks, that have that ubiquity and that understanding of, I've been paid. Yeah, by the way, you, one of the three A's you talked about yeah. was uh, allowed or allowability. Right. That's another one because I might have a way of making electronic payments, but can I make it when I go to put a down payment on a house or a car? Mm. Or uh, to pay somebody for their last shift when you fired them. Yeah, exactly. Th there are certain things where it's, uh, we need to find ways through managing risk for our clients better, whatever it is, that you can allow them to make any payment they want, even the ones they only maybe make once or twice a year. And I don't think we've done much on that yet. Yeah. We do have just one more question and then we have to get out of here. No, we have to, we yeah, have, this after, is, after the question, we have to rank the beer. Oh, that's true. This is more fun than Epcot. We still require customers who want to fill out a direct deposit form to provide us with a voided check mm. or for automatic funds transfer. 
to another bank. They have to provide a voided check. Yeah. That's, and so that's, that's a, a problem a lot of times because they don't have checks. That's, that's a policy okay. issue. So when I was hired at the clearinghouse, Steve, Steve hired me, by the way. And probably it's your fault. Best, best mistake and worst mistake he ever made. Um, but they wanted, they wanted to avoid a check. Literally, the HR department gave me, said something they wanted to avoid a check. I said no. And they went, what? And I said, I'm not giving you a voided check. I don't use checks. And I printed out my thing for my bank and sent it over to them. And literally, there was a conversation within the HR department about whether I should be hired. Again. I got a call They're like, HR. this is how this is going to go. And Steve told him he's not going to give you a check. And that probably wasn't the first call from HR <laughs> <Yeah>. you got. <laughs> Nor the last one. I, OK, can I tell you how I dealt with that one oh, time? We have a oh, we have two mm. questions. I'm going to bid a crime. I was asked to do that once. And I did not really want to give them a check. I didn't actually have any checks. So what I did was I went and on PowerPoint, I made something that looked really, really, really like a check. <laughs> that sounds like you. And I clipped that and I... Did you know Micr is a font? You know this because you yeah. did it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give you one step worse. I'm a spouse and I write checks. Oh, it's horrible. He's very support group. But the new problem that I have is when clients come in and they want to set up electronic payment with me, and the new ask is not for one of my checks, but for a copy of my bank statement. Ooh. I have gotten this request from AP vendors, from a client, a corporation, who uses an AP service <coughs> to process their payments. And so I'm constantly now doing cut and paste work to share pieces of my bank statement. That's the new way to get electronic payments set up. Interesting. That's not comforting. They're just not doing that to make sure it matches the plaid information. All right, so I do have <laughs> one more question for the panel before we go, and we can talk about this over a beer at Epcot, so let's, let's go. What would we rate this uh, beer? Uh, this is one of my favorites. This is like a 485. Can I go there? Yeah, I, I think hey. that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would give this a four or five all day this long. This is a four or five. Yeah, this four is a four or five. five. And that's high praise from Steve Ledford. Steve doesn't rate anything a four or five. I'm going to win. I'm giving it a five. That's there you go. Wow. The perfect beer. All right. Well, we really appreciate your time and attention. Hopefully you enjoyed the session as the much as we number. enjoyed the session. And if you think we're making this stuff up, we literally do Zoom happy hours and we still do them and we talk about payments crap. So, you and know. drink beer. Yeah. Anyways, thank you very much. Have a great time at Epcot. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.